This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. I have a wonderful guest in store for you, another author, rather uh, esoteric author on a topic that I love to talk about, and uh, we will get to that in just a moment. I hope you all had a chance to catch uh, uh, Pat Duckworth's show this morning, uh, Hot Women Rock, followed by uh, Reverend Dr. Terrilyn Curry Avery today, who she talked about mindfulness and its relationship with racism and how to use mindfulness. Um, very good show. If it's something that uh, speaks to you, I highly encourage you to check out the recording. Um, we've great shows here on the talkradio.nyc network, and um, I, I appreciate you all being here. So before I get to my guest, first, of course, it is our oops, uh, section from my book, Everyday Awakening, which, of course, if you haven't gotten it yet, you can pick it up at everydayawakeningbook.com. And this section from my book is entitled, Shifting from Blame to Choice Empowers Us Beyond Measure. Our personal power starts to end the moment we begin to blame someone or something else. It does not matter what they did or what happened to us. It only matters that we allow the circumstance to dictate our reaction. Our power comes from our presence and our ability to decide how we choose to respond to any given situation. Blaming and making either someone else or the situation wrong merely takes away our ability to move past it. When we decide how we want to be in the situation, regardless of the truth of it, then we are exercising our most important muscle. 
It is the muscle of our divine right to create our life anew. Resisting what is only causes us pain and keeps us stuck where we are. To acknowledge the truth of the reality of the situation, yet not allow the truth to dictate our behavior is the surest way to build our personal power. Being present to a situation that is unpleasant is a choice. Being present with compassion and love for ourselves is one of the greatest choices we can ever make. So let's stop resisting the reality. Let's stop blaming anyone or anything else. And let's focus on what we can do instead. When we shift from blame to choice, we empower ourselves beyond measure. Where in your life are you blaming someone else? Where can you shift from blame to choice? So uh, now I want to clarify something here. I am not saying that we should just put up with bad behavior, okay? People do all kinds of crazy things, but it's not about what they do. It's about how we respond to it. And first and foremost, do we respond with compassion for ourselves and then compassion for the other person? Now, look, if somebody steals money from you, I'm not saying you should be all sweet and nice and, oh, it's okay. No, 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 no. That's not being compassionate to ourselves. But what I'm saying is let's try and step back from the meaning we make from the situation. Let's step back from the reality of what is. And instead of making the other person wrong or making ourselves wrong for whatever kind of situation we're in, let's just look at it, acknowledge it, and choose how we wish to respond instead of just reacting with instinct. Because when we react, we're not being mindful. We're not being present. We're not sitting in our personal power of choice. And it's one of the things that, you know, for me personally, it's taken a lot to really get this, but personal power and, 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 and sitting from choice as opposed to, to reacting and blame, it, it is one of the core fundamental ways in which we create our life. And, you know, I say all the time to people that, you know, we really do create our life. And, and people may say to me, well, you know, what about this that's going on in the world? Or what about that? And what this person, or that person does. And it's like our life is not created from what other people do to us and what the external situations are. Our life is created from how we decide to show up in the world and and the presence we wish to bring into the situations that we are in. You can take two people, put them in the exact same situation, and they show up completely differently, and their life is completely different because of that. So again, it's not about denying the reality of the situation. I want to be very clear about that. The reality of the situation is the reality of the situation. We may see it differently than other people, and that's okay. 
But how we choose to show up, how we choose to respond. Now, look, I'm not going to say we should never get angry or upset. Sometimes that really is the proper response. There's a lot of power in anger. Doesn't mean we have to go out and hurt somebody. But anger, when used to stand up for ourselves, when used to um, assert our personal sovereignty, like that is, is, is a strong position to sit in because then we don't use our anger to hurt another person. We're using the energy of the anger to give us energy to stand up for ourselves and to say, no, this is not right. You know, either this is okay or this is not okay. But always starting off with compassion for ourselves of like, you know, sometimes we feel like, oh my God, I can't believe I created this situation. I can't believe I allowed this to happen again. Hey, we're human beings. We don't have to keep criticizing ourselves. We've done enough of that throughout our lives. To be compassionate with ourselves. And when we're compassionate with ourselves, then we can actually show up in a more authentic manner then we can show up and express how we feel because we're really being ourselves and not just trying to placate or please someone else. So yes, blame does not serve us. All blame does is we're just giving away our power to someone else. And if we can hold on to that power and make a choice that's different from blame, then we can really... Uh, move forward and in, in create the life that we want to live and not one that's uh, a reactive life. So I hope this is helpful. I hope you enjoy it. Again, if you, you like this and you'd like to uh, uh, read a little bit more, you can get the whole book at everydayawakeningbook.com. Uh, I see already on the Facebook Live, our loyal listeners, uh, Sanaya, William, and Patty are tuning in. Welcome. Uh, great to see you guys. I really appreciate how you all uh, tune in every week. Um, really means a lot to me. So now um, uh, we don't have a lot of time left, but I really want to introduce uh, professor and author John Friedlander. Excuse me. I, I'm not a professor. My wife is a professor. At the oh, 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 a former. Well, weren't you a former professor? No, I practiced law for quite a few years, but uh, no, I've uh, never been a professor. This little, okay. this little guy right here is <laughs> the third reincarnation of our first cat named Professor. <laughs> That's ah. his name. Okay. Well, well, my mistake. Thank you for correcting me. I, I think that's the lawyer in you. Like you had to make sure I got, I didn't misrepresent, right? <laughs> it drives so, my wife crazy. So, so John has uh, began his formal meditation practice in 1970 and was introduced to the Seth books in 72. John has studied psychic meditation and aura reading with Lewis uh, Bostwick beginning in 73 and moved to Ithaca, New York in uh, 74 to prepare for the bar exam and study with Jane Roberts in her Seth classes. Are you still up in Ithaca? Where are you these days? Uh, I'm in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Ah, I'm Michigan. Okay. So John yeah. practiced law from 74 to 89 when he moved into a full-time uh, 
pra- uh, teaching of psychic meditation and psychic reading and writing. Um, John is, is uh, the latest of John's uh, co-authored books is Recentering Seth, Teachings from a Multidimensional Entity on Living Gracefully and Skillfully in a World You Create But Do Not Control. Um, and he's uh, published, uh, co-authored three other books, The Practical Psychic, Basic Psychic Development, and Psychic Psychology. So, John, welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Um, it, it's wonderful to have you here. And and uh, Little Black Professor as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, it's 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 so nice to be able to sit and work and have a cat happily grooming himself in your lap. Can't beat. <laughs> By the way, your what what you read is really at the core of of a whole area of mm. of, of my of my teachings also. Oh, really? Uh, I use. Uh, some metaphors that 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 might uh, 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 sh- shed you know a little bit different light on it, but it's at the at the core. And so when we get to that, maybe we just sort of uh, talk about some of the ways that I use metaphors to uh, to illuminate those points that you so elegantly oh absolutely absolutely we'll definitely we'll get there i just quickly because we just got a a minute or two before break would love to know how somebody who is a lawyer practicing law because you know we all have kind of this vision of what lawyers are like which i know is not true there are all kinds of different lawyers in the world but how did you move from from being a lawyer into into uh, uh, being a meditation a psychic meditation teacher full time because that, that's not a common sort of transition you see a lot of people making it's sort of the other way around uh while i was uh in law school my uh my father and mother were paying for law school and i was pretty much a full time yogi uh, ah. uh you don't have to go to you don't have to go to classes, uh, really, or, or work that hard. You know, uh, at most two days uh, a semester or per class. Uh, I didn't do that well, but uh, <laughs> I did well enough. Uh, so when I was studying with Lewis and 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 Jane. Uh, in 73 and 74, I, I had thought, you know, maybe I should become a psychologist, not a lawyer. Uh, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. I realized I had no common sense. I did not know <laughs> how the world worked. Uh, I didn't realize it well enough, but I realized that I needed some real life experience. Mm. And for me, being a lawyer was my postgraduate education. Uh, From 1974 to 1989, I dealt with people uh, who didn't give a damn that I had mm. studied with Seth. All they wanted to know was, could I help them solve this legal problem or that legal problem? And I engaged them right in the center of their 
their own real lives. Mm. Uh, and I think uh, that that's served me very well. And I did learn how to write <laughs> as a lawyer, not, 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 not at Duke, not at Harvard, but as a lawyer, a lawyer named John Lepinto. And then uh. subsequent bosses taught me how to write. So that was good. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. It, it's time for us to take our first break. When we come back, I, I would love to know how did you first meet Jane? How did you kind of like start your spiritual path? Like what was, you know, kind of got you moving in that direction? And then uh, let's dive in into why you're so captivated by Seth's teachings and why it made such a big impact on you early in life. Okay. Great. Wonderful. So everyone, and, and thank you, Patty, for the comment. I, I appreciate that on the Facebook Live. I, I try and offer, always offer something of value to everyone in my show this every week. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook. And we will be right back after these messages. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with John Friedlander, author of the book, Recentering Seth, which we're going to get to in a moment. Um, so, John, 
uh, how did you get started on your spiritual path? Was there any particular incident that happened? Was it just sort of a natural inclination? You know, were you brought up in a very spiritual household? Uh, There were some particular events and it was a natural inclination. I remember when I was seven years old, reading an article in Life magazine, this is 1955, uh, about yogis. And I thought, boy, when I get a chance, I'm going to do that. No one knew what yogis were. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, so uh, uh, by the time I got to uh, college, I, I was pretty much an atheist. The world seemed so broken. Uh, I just couldn't accept any of the ideas of God that would allow such things uh, to go on. Uh, then there was a march on Washington in uh, uh, the fall of 1969 against the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Arlo Guthrie was in his... Ah, uh, uh, Yes. In, in his sort of spaced out uh, hippie way, said, boy, the vibes here are so wonderful. I wish my old man could be here. I, I bet he is. And something in that moment just made it plausible that, that Woody Guthrie was there. Mm. Uh, then later I was tripping on LSD uh uh around christmas uh and uh was listening to john coltrane and mm. just turned my brain inside out and i thought it was great and so coltrane was a mystic and wanted to 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 do that and those were my two breakthrough moments uh, started mm. practicing yoga that February, uh, wow, 1970. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, that's you know, I'm 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 slightly younger than you, so I kind of missed the the 60s. I was a little kid yeah. in the 60s, um, but a lot of people I've I've met over the years who who are are of that generation that um, really experienced the psychedelics. And there's a huge renaissance of, of psychedelic substances these days as a way of exploring our spirituality and our consciousness. It really does affect people. And, and it's so wonderful to see kind of like the long-term effects of those who took it seriously and like really opened their heart and their soul to the other ways of being. Um, so how did you first hear about um, Jane Roberts and the Seth material, and how did you first meet her? I uh, returned from uh, a summer internship in Atlanta. Uh, I was planning on living in a yoga ashram for my third year at law school. Wow. Uh, and... Um, uh, you know, we were all young. We we slept three or four people in a room on one inch uh, uh, foam yeah. cushions <laughs> uh, that were, you know, I slept like a baby then. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, so 
I come into the ashram and uh, this uh, MIT math doctoral student, uh, I can still see the, the excited smile on his face. Mm. He said, boy, wait till you read the books that Will has. Will was sort of uh, a charismatic member of, of of, of the group okay so everyone chimed in oh they're fabulous so i go up and i borrow one of uh, of will's two books there were two that were substantially out at that point two set books that were out i don't even remember which one i read first but i read them through mm. i mean so astonishing i i read them from that afternoon through the next day's evening only taking time off to go down to harvard square to get my own uh copies of of, of the book you probably can't imagine what it was like because there was a kind of understanding of, of, of the world uh, that all of us kind of shared where uh, uh, you had very concrete understanding of what reincarnation was. And, and, and your objective as a human being was to rise above your humanity and, and become transcendentally enlightened um and seth just broke the mold uh there were two parts that were particularly attractive uh and and mind-boggling i now know that the tibetan buddhist real and some other people know these kinds of of things but 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 they weren't out there i mean i had spent two two full years centering my life on on yoga hanging out with the people uh in in that university area who were in that orientation and other orientations nobody knew these things but what's more important even the people who do know these things, Seth, uh, Seth blew open the the meaning of these things. So let me first mm. say what these are. So well, wait, Seth, before you get to that, before you get yeah. to that, for those of my audience who may be a little less familiar with Seth than I am, who or what is Seth? And 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 so, where is this information coming from? Okay, uh, every explanation I give will be a simplification. Yep. Uh, so, uh, so the simplest ex- explanation is that Seth is a uh, a being that had finished its his incarnations. Uh, is working with humanity uh, and came through 
this uh, uh, in, in his breakthrough way to this poet who uh, uh, did not and had not studied any sort of mystical uh, approaches. Uh, uh, Seth's manifestation through her was absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah. You probably are familiar with, with the 60s uh, uh, statement by Marshall McLuhan, the medium is the message. Yeah. Uh, Back then, channeling was called mediumship. And, and in some yeah. sense, here the medium was the message because Seth came through with such vibrancy, such humanity, uh, not with a cl claim of perfection, and uh, though he, he was always awesomely brilliant, uh, articulate, kind, generous, uh, and he came through the, the message that most people understand to be his central one is you create your own reality according to your conscious beliefs. Um, yes, people had said things like that. But again, the particular articulation that Seth brought was really brand new and reoriented the project of the mystical project from one of uh, becoming perfectly enlightened to one that you, your uh, introduction using your material to the generation of meaning in this life, mm. whether you become so-called enlightened or not. Mm. Um, and did, and, and you, you, studied directly with Jane when she was alive. I, yes. I, I never had the opportunity to meet her, though I've heard her speak, but I understand that when she channeled Seth, that, um, you know, her voice changed, her, her, her physicality changed. What was it like to be with her when she was channeling Seth? You know, it's interesting. There was, uh, there was a picture in, in her first major book, Seth Material, of her that always seemed off to me. Mm. Uh, and I never realized what made it seem off to me until I'd, maybe a couple of years after the Seth classes, I realized when Seth came through Jane, you were talking to this awesomely brilliant, articulate, knowledgeable, kind and generous, uh, full of energy man. Mm. And what I realized is what seemed off about that picture about Jane is it seemed effeminate. Mm. <laughs> of course, Jane was, of course, uh, a woman who before she, uh, uh, had real difficulty with rheumatoid arthritis was a great beauty. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and she was as, as a woman, very, uh, very feminine. Uh, and, and yet 
in this presentation as a step that this was uh, uh, just, right. you know, kindest and most wonderful teacher yeah. uh, you could ever want. So um, it's time for us to take our next break. When we come back, I just want to talk, uh, you know, what makes sort of Seth's teaching sort of unique compared to some other spiritual teachings and what was it you know you started to kind of about to go into it and I stopped you about what really kind of gives a totally different paradigm you know what does Seth say that gives a totally different paradigm to our spiritual understandings of life okay and then we got a question from William on the Facebook live that I'll get to so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity we're talking with John Friedlander author of the book Recentering Seth, and we will be right back after these messages. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. So, so John, um, William on the Facebook Live uh, asks, um, is, is Seth's teachings like similar to Michael uh, uh, Michael's teachings? I don't know if you've heard of, of uh, you know, the entity Michael. Um, sometimes people compare them and, and also other Abraham's teachings. Uh, you know, a lot of people feel that, that uh, Esther... Hicks, uh, kind of Abraham is like a, a a little subset of Seth's teachings. What 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 she kind of puts out there. So so what is really unique, and what kind of really captured your 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 soul and your imagination so much about Seth's particular teachings? Well, I'll start with what captured my soul, and then 
this is 50 years ago. Mm. My understanding of Seth has, has matured and enriched. And that's where I recenter the, the teachings of Seth. So what all of us were so excited about uh, back in 1972 and through the 70s uh, is Seth's central teaching, you create your own reality according to your conscious beliefs. Uh, and uh, he had two major breakthrough uh, understandings that, again, maybe the Tibetans understood, maybe some other people understood, but, but not in the context he raised them, which is simultaneous time, that the past and the future are constantly interacting with the present and vice versa. Mm. Uh, mm. Real quickly, I'll give an example. Back in the Seth classes, I, I had a, uh, a dream where uh, uh, I saw an, an incarnation of mine that was uh, a British uh, mercenary soldier in the Revolutionary War. I saw him, he saw me maybe in his own dream state. We both woke up changed by it, even though mm. he was, you know, hundreds of years earlier and in our terms, completely dead. But, yeah, uh, and the way that becomes possible is. Seth's concepts of probabilities, that everything that could happen does happen. Now, I don't understand that. I remember there was a class in February of 1974 where Jane was kind of complaining about how mind-boggling probabilities were, and the class kind of all joined in, and uh, everybody was pretty much saying, you know, this is just too much, Seth. Uh, uh, but over the decades, I've come to understand that you can't really fully understand the meaning of an event uh, without the probable events happening. And even though Seth says everything that could happen does happen, there do seem to be specially big events. So, mm. for example, uh, there was a time when I was driving home uh, to South Georgia from Duke, and I, I was coming around a blind merging corner on an interstate, and I was going to swing wide. Uh, mm so that I could keep up my speed. And it's like some little voice in my head said, your friends wouldn't, wouldn't respect you if you had to swing wide. And so I didn't. Mm. And when I came out in the, from this blind merging, there was another car. I would have crashed into that car. Wow. Or other, I know that in that probability, I lived, but my two passengers were horribly hurt. 
Oh. And I would have had to deal with that guilt. Uh, wow. But me would have really been knocked off his feet uh, and would have been lost for several years. But even he made it. And there's some sort of enrichment that happens that I understand more deeply. Uh, and it's only when you begin to understand probabilities that you begin to understand what I now take to be the central point of Seth's material. And it comes out in the later books. Uh, mm. some, I don't know if Seth actually used these words or not, but all consciousness expands in all directions. Mm -hmm. For example, not only is your soul eternal, but your personality is eternal. Oh. So, uh, you, uh, you don't get stripped and, and, and used like spare parts. Sam doesn't get and, and fed into another incarnation and Sam is gone. The soul has its own consciousness. And when you interact with the Sethian soul, shall we say, mm -hmm. it is so huge and it is going this way and that way in all directions. It isn't just focused in on Sam. Mm. And it isn't limited to Sam. It uses every experience you have. The worst thing you do, the best thing you do, it uses every bit of that experience. And even the worst thing you do, through that expansion in all directions, grows and makes the universe more than it would have been otherwise. Maybe not as good as it would have been if you had done something good, but the the metaphor I use is uh, you can go bankrupt from great wealth and you may have less pleasure. You may experience some pain, but you can never know less about money. You know more about money now that you have been bankrupt. Right. You know more about value, which is even more important than money. Right. Uh, the value that uh, that 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 I create. So, how does Sam continue? I I got I I saw this with my friend Will, I, who I alluded to earlier, who committed suicide in oh, six, and I sort of tracked him roughly. I would, you know, I was developing as a psychic during this time. And I knew that he'd had some incarnations, but suddenly around 1994, I saw this beautiful helical ribbon of light when I was meditating. And I knew that that was will, not will soul, but will. Mm. And how could it be Will when Will had already reincarnated? Well, when you reincarnate, if Sam reincarnates, Sam becomes part of the unconscious of the next incarnation. And whoever that is owns that incarnation, but you're profoundly involved 
and you only stick around in that incarnation until you've learned what you want to learn from that. And then you move on. And at some point, you kind of get it and you become a sort of Sethian version of the Hindu Atman. Mm. And that is another one of these amazing things. So Will had done that. And so the Will was in doing exploring probabilities. He was uh, involved in some group consciousnesses. He was doing all these things simultaneously, some of which I can track and some of mm. which I can. And so Will expands in all directions. Sam expands in all directions. Even, even Sam as a 12-year-old expands in all directions. Sam as a 12-year-old did become this Sam, mm -hmm. but he also went off in other directions too. So, so like every choice point, there's another branch of probability. Um, you know, my, my guest last week, we talked about uh, uh, Paul Levy in his book uh, with Tico. Uh, we talk, mentioned Philip K. Dick, who's a favorite science fiction author of mine. And I recently uh, started watching on, on Amazon uh, uh, Man in the High Castle, which is like what the world would be like if uh, Germany and Japan had won World War II. Right. And, and, and so it's like a totally separate reality from what we lived, but it's what happened. And, and so it, it's like, the, and there are millions, probably billions of different probabilities that come from just one particular point. And so what you're saying is so like they all exist simultaneously. We, we may be experiencing one particular probability, one particular timeline, but there could be you know, all kinds of timelines that are happening simultaneously. And they are meaningful to you as a personality, not when you're physically focused that much. You know, I mean, I can track probabilities. I'm sure you can track some, uh, but not in the way that they'll eventually become meaningful, meaning right. to you. But they are what make everything you do deeply meaningful and mm. it is that meaning that always grows mm. and that even if you do the wrong thing meaning is still growing it obviously you want to do make better choices than worse choices right. but the choice you ever make is sacred mm. All right, let, let's leave it there because we got to take, believe it or not, our last break of the show. When we come back, I want to talk about why this material is still relevant today in today's world. And with everything kind of going on in the world today, are, are you still hopeful? Do, do, do you still see, you know, a positive future for this world or, or what? Okay. Yes. Wonderful. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with John Friedlander, author of the book, Recentering Seth. And we will be right back after these messages. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. 
Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. So, John, you like to use analogies a lot. Maybe you can use one of your analogies to just relate to our listeners. Why Seth's material? Why the book you wrote? And 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 why all this is still relevant today, right? I mean, Jane has been gone for quite a while, hasn't she? Yeah, I really think uh, that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I use, uh, may, it might be an analogy, I never know the technical terms for these things, but uh, the uh, semi-mystical uh, philosopher Albert uh, North Whitehead uh, said in the early 20th century that all Western philosophy was a footnote on Plato. I really mm-hmm. think that the next 2,000 years will be a working out and an extension of the work that Jane does. There is something I assert new about the new age. Of course, the perennial wisdom is true. The ground of being is the ground of being. Uh, you're, you, you have a, a face before your parents were born. Um, uh nevertheless, as humans move into the Aquarian age, there will be uh, a developmental shift in what it means to be human uh, and even what it means to be, quote unquote, enlightened. Um, a shift from this... Uh, this uh, 
Buddhist, uh, I'll call it a Buddhist approach, though it's much broader than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that. That I assert, and I think Seth would assert, uh, requires you to break your really. Yes, you can get to a place where you where suffering ceases, but to do that, you give up uh, the divine, meaningful play of dealing with the tensions and contradictions of being a human mm-hmm. in the natural environment of human emotions. You have something that's like emotions, but they're like an octave above uh, the human emotions. And you don't work through the tensions and contradictions. You don't enter into the same kind of conversation with life that I think you do from the Sethian approach. Seth brings you into the dance of... of, of, uh, the tensions and contradictions. Your soul is eternal. Your personality is becomes eternal. Uh, your soul already operates in a realm of unobstructed uh, cosmic dance. It intentionally uh, narrows itself to experience and play through tensions and contradictions that it cannot do in its own realm. And those, uh, you were talking about moving from, from blame to choice. I like to say, since we create our own reality, uh, external events don't cause us pain they disclose pain that's pre-existing. And and this book gives a lot of techniques of how do you engage life in a conversation Mm. Uh, and in a way where you get to draw on the fact that each moment, even your worst moment, they're painful. Pain is, is something you, you want to move, move away from pain, but pain is not a punishment. Pain is, is a healing. It says, move this direction, not that right. direction. Right. Pain is informative. It lets us know like there's something wrong or something to change. I always use the analogy of if we put our hand on a hot stove, we feel pain, we take it off. If we didn't, our hand would fry and you know wouldn't be good anymore. So it's actually a good thing that we felt the pain. Um, uh, uh, just real quickly, we only got a couple of minutes left to the show with everything going on in the world today, the pandemic war in Ukraine, uh, um, uh, you know, rise in totalitarianism in, in certain parts of the world in every part of the world, in every part of the world. Yes. Do you see hope for humanity, the ecological crisis, right? Everything going on with climate change. Yeah, I'm, I'm very hopeful. Uh, uh, even for example, uh, in, in since 2000 or so, uh, you know, over a billion people moved out of abject poverty. Mm. Uh, 
that's not trivial. I, I was talking to a, a student and he said, yeah, but they still have substandard wages. If you can afford to give your child milk and yeah. send her to school, that's not trivial. Yeah. And yeah. will the world be heaven on earth even in 2075? I, I doubt it. Uh, but there are these ebbs and flows. And even though we're moving toward, uh, I mean, we we have, you know, a lot of autocrats or would-be autocrats uh, around the world, uh, by and large, things are moving along. And there are historical periods where it seems to go backwards. And there are historical periods like, with the fall of the Berlin Wall and the fall of mm -hmm. the Soviet Union when when people proclaimed history was over and da 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 and 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 everything seems wonderful. The highs are too high, the lows are too low, uh, uh and it's somewhere in the middle mm -hmm. and and moving well. All consciousness expands in all directions. Yes. Yes. A, a, a friend of mine, also a teacher, she says, consciousness always moves forward and out. So it's another way of saying the same thing. So, so John, I could talk to you for hours. I had many more questions I wanted to get to that I didn't have time to. So everyone, please pick up the book, Recentering Seth. It's available everywhere, right? I mean, it's on Amazon. It's in all the major bookstores. Um, do you have a, a website or something that if people want to learn more about you? Yeah, it's Psychic Psychology. I think it's .org, but I think there's only one Psychic Psychology out there. Oh, okay. Uh, there's certainly only one where one of the two people, my my co-author, uh, Gloria Hemsher, uh, it's, you know, it's just such a pleasure that, to have that relationship and to get to talk to her uh, twice a day. Uh, so you can find it. Yes, yes. It's uh, I see my engineer uh, Dylan, who's always on the on the ball. Uh, it's psychicpsychology.org. I'm going to okay. post it in the Facebook Live. So and we teach classes, and we teach seminars, and we have other books. Wonderful, wonderful, John. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to come on my show today. I really appreciated having you. It was a wonderful discussion, and uh, I, I really appreciate it. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. And, of course, thank you to my loyal listeners, especially William, Sanaya, and, and Patty, who are always checking in on Facebook. Thank you so much. Please don't keep us a secret. If you enjoyed today's show, if you know someone who might be interested in what we spoke about today, uh, please share the interview with them. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, you know you can always catch the replay on talkradio.nyc. And of course, we're on all the podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. We're everywhere. Just search for the Conscious Consultant Hour. You can't miss us. So thank you all for tuning in. Of course, later today, 5 p.m., Frank Harrison and his show, Frank About Health. And uh, Fridays, we have Tommy DeMisa, the nonprofit sector connector with his show, Philanthropy and Focus. Uh, Stephen Fry with his show, Always Friday. And uh, Joseph McElroy with his show, Wise Content Creates Wealth. And on Monday, Sandra Bargeman with her show, The Edge of Every Day. And we started all over again. So check the schedule on talkradio.nyc 
about all of our shows. So everyone take care. We will talk to you next week. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, 
for the ones who get it done.